Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, Purdue is able to prove themselves victorious and an elite basketball team by winning the Hall of Fame tip-off over Villanova. St. Bonaventure is currently playing Marquette, and we have a one-versus-two matchup in just a couple days as UCLA will battle Gonzaga on Tuesday. Let's get into it, Biggs. All right, Biggs, let's start with the Hall of Fame tip-off because I think those were the biggest games since the last time we podcasted. And, you know, Purdue is able to beat North Carolina in round one on Saturday and then basically had a comeback against Villanova. It looked like Villanova was in control for the majority of that game, but Purdue comes out victorious. What would you think? I mean, I think Purdue probably showed its medal there. I mean, that's why they're ranked in the top. <clears throat> what are they ranked? Sixth at the end of the end of the season. I mean, they have yep. incredibly high expectations that you know are just not typical of what a Purdue you know basketball team has, and, and it's a team that's had a ton of success over the years. But uh, you know, I remember when you mentioned this Purdue team, you said you know last year during the tournament, you're like, mm-hmm. I think this team's a year away. I think they're going to be amazing next year. I should have made a bet. I should have been like, they will make the AC Elite Eight or something like that. I should have made a bet with you at that time. They could still lose in the first round. Maybe maybe the better bet would have been like, I bet you they're at least like a two seed or something. That would have been better, yeah. But, I mean, they had – I mean, Villanova, I thought, you know, had Purdue on the ropes. I mean, they, they looked like they were in full control at least early in the game. It felt like they had they had taken a lead. You know, Purdue had jumped out to a, to a decent lead early, and then Villanova had kind of – it was kind of like the UCLA game where Villanova, <clears throat> you know, slow start, but then it's like in the middle, the middle, like 25 minutes or so, it was all Nova. They were up by like eight or 10 and you're thinking, all right, this is, this is going to be a nice little weekend for them. Uh, and then all of a sudden you look up and Purdue goes on a run and, uh, you know, they're, they're able to salt things away. And I think the big takeaway, if you're Purdue, I mean, you, you got to love the way in consecutive days, you've, you've won in different ways. They beat North Carolina the other day. In, in kind of a run and gun where <clears throat> Stefanovic has, I think, a career high with like 25 points. I mean, he's just, he's electric. And Jaden Ivey uh, showed why everybody's kind of circle jerking over him as an NBA prospect. Uh, Travion Williams had like 20 points in like 12 minutes or something insane uh, to be Carolina. And then in this game, Zach Eady kind of shows out and he says, hey, don't forget about me. And Caleb First, the freshman big guy, has 12 points and four boards. And they, and they just kind of a they do it by committee. You know, it's it's not necessarily just one or two guys always dominating. It's but they got three or four different guys who can kind of take over stretches of a basketball game. This team's deep. And I mean, you rack up two two really good wins. I mean, we feel good that Tennessee is one of the better teams in the country. And and I still think Villanova is one of the best teams in the country too. And, and Purdue got good wins over both of them. Yeah, and it's interesting what you said about, you know, they won in different ways cuz I was going to say, you know, it's a tale of two different days for them because day 1 you know, they're facing off against North Carolina and e- both Edie and uh, Travion Williams get in foul trouble in the first half, which what's your opinion on bench them with two fouls? And like, I'll just, I'm just going to say mine quick. They bench them. They had like a six or seven minutes at the end of the first half where both of them had two fouls and they basically benched both of them. I feel like when you have two 
call them top five, top 10 centers in all of college basketball, you can afford to have one of those guys get three fouls in the first half, don't you think? I, I guess I, I would agree with that, but I would look at it, I guess if I were if I were Matt Painter looking at it yesterday in the game, I say yesterday because we're recording this on a Sunday, in, in the Saturday game against Carolina, the first half, it, I guess I'm thinking about it like my, my two big men get two fouls apiece. Can I get to the half with them both with two fouls? And in the rest of that first half, it never felt like the game was slipping away from them. They always had like a six to 10 point lead. And so I guess there probably wasn't need to. If it were a more competitive game or if you're down by a handful of points, you know, yeah, I think then you probably risk it. Um, yeah, but, they, but they were able to get away with not playing either one of them. They didn't really have to because Carolina never really took advantage of those minutes. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Stefanovic, who. I know he's got the reputation of a shooter, but this good of a shooter? Like, he was getting, and like, some were contested, but obviously some are, some were uh, wide, wide open to where he just, you know, like, shooting a free throw, basically. Jaden Ivey, this is really my first time watching him, and I am impressed with him. He's got, like, I could see him actually being successful in the NBA. He's got, like, NBA sort of moves, an NBA body. He is really fun to watch. And then Travion Williams, who in only 13 minutes has 20 points. I mean, that's pretty that's- impressive, too. <clears throat> that is. I mean, that's the benefit of having two big-time big guys. And, I mean, Travion Williams, a player that's used to starting and playing a lot more minutes, it's pretty impressive that a guy like that who's who's rated really high, he comes off the bench, and, and I'm sure he doesn't love it, but he makes the most of those minutes. And I mean, that was that was the difference. I mean, 20 points in 12 minutes or whatever he played is – because they got nothing out of Edie against Carolina, and Edie has nope. 21 against Villanova. And it just shows me – they. They're going to be hard to beat because one of those two big guys, it's going to be hard to contain both those two big guys. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. And then, you know, they go into Sunday. You mentioned Edie has 21 points. It definitely helped that he stayed out of foul trouble. He only had two fouls the entire game. And has 21 points on 12 shots. And then, you know, just the rest of their starting lineup all chipping in with 10 or 12. Um, so, yeah, definitely a tale of two days for Purdue. You know, we talked about Edie. We talked about ivy we talked about travion they also just have you know six or seven other guys who can all contribute don't have to but can all contribute yeah i mean they have i mean in the game today i mean it's it's the second game of back-to-back so you probably want to stretch your bench a little bit which is something that that villanova doesn't do particularly well but they have off their bench they have a guy who played 10 a guy who played 12 a guy who played 19 and a guy who played 20 i mean they they can go in college basketball you probably want to go with like play eight, trust seven, you know, seven and a half guys or so. Purdue can play eight or nine. You know, they yep. have guys that can contribute. So yep. that's that's super impressive. And, and on a week where the Big Ten took uh, took it on the chin a little bit with some out-of-the-conference losses, um, Purdue is uh, is still, uh, you know, the flag bearer here. Yeah. Now let's toss it over to uh, Villanova here, who was seemingly in control for I'd say about 30 minutes of today's game and Purdue just goes on a run at the end. Um, but tossing it back to Saturday, they were in complete control the entire game against Tennessee. They're Virginia. They're what Virginia was. They play amazing defense and they can get stuck sometimes offensively. I can't believe I'm saying that about a Villanova team, but like that's what Virginia's been. They're they're just like a they're like a 2 a.m. version of Virginia where like you've got the drunk guys and like, ooh, I'm a little better looking now, you know? Like that's <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they're they're basically what what Virginia's been. They play they can play awesome defense. They, I guess they didn't really today, but against UCLA, they they played the super slow style, 
And I think they're good. I mean, you're losing to UCLA and Purdue in close games. So, I mean, it's not like Villanova's not good. I do – I still am a little bit – I'm not going to overreact and say, like, <clears throat> they're in trouble. I do kind of worry, though, about, like, about how slow they play and just the, the lack of depth. And I think their offense can get in trouble sometimes because they're just so – they're so, me- like, mechanical. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time putting my finger on – like, they're just they, – they seem like they don't have a lot of juice, you know? Which, which I guess, you know, if it's going to take a top five team to beat them, I mean, they're probably in good shape. There's not a lot of teams that probably have more firepower or can win the way Nova can. But yep. I don't know. I just, I think if we're judging this team by, it's a top five team, can it win a national title? I think we have to nitpick some of those things. And I, th- I think those nits are worth picking. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about how they are, you know, their Saturday game was basically a Virginia game. You know, they went 71 to 53. They only... Villanova itself only shot 37%, but they were able to keep uh, Tennessee having their fits and only having 33%. And five of 28 from threes from Tennessee. And Tennessee is a team, and they're sort of almost like a Bama or an Arkansas. They like to shoot that perimeter shot. So if they're not getting that, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, for Villanova, both days was similar in that, you know, four or five different guys all chipping in with double figures. You know, they're, they're a robot. They're college basketball's robot bigs. Yeah, they really are. They are they you know exactly what you're going to get out of Villanova. They might not win, they they might win or they might lose, but like you know exactly what you're going to get. They're just going to execute at a, at a really high level and it, will, it depends on, you know, we'll see if they have enough ammo basically to get the job done in in high leverage kind of situations, which I mean it, it's going to be at the end of the season. So I I I think you come away feeling pretty good about Villanova. I mean, a, a blowout win over a Tennessee team that turn around and blew out Carolina and a tough win against a Purdue team where you feel like you had a, a chance to win the whole thing. And you lost to a team that's got similar goals as you. Yeah. Speaking of Tennessee bigs, they basically, I don't know how the best way to put it. Tale of two games for them. Yeah. And it really was for, I'd say everyone, but Villanova. I think even though Villanova lost her second game, it was still very much the same script for them. Yeah. Um, Whereas North Carolina also had a very different script each game, like you know they lost both, but they they actually were able to score in their first game. What game do you what game do you think is the real Tennessee, the one where they can't make a shot at all, or the one where they don't miss? I I, I don't think it was the North Carolina game because they were up in their up in the face, um, like denying entry passes, denying everything. And I don't feel like they're they're not really known for defense, are they? Last year they were terrific defensively, were and they? I think. The- I think the pieces that they've got, I mean, they. I think they will eventually be a pretty good defensive team. But, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, last year the issue was completely opposite, where it was they they can't score, but they're really good defensively, and they just nobody nobody became kind of a – nobody could take the game over for them on the offensive end of the floor. Now it, now it seems like they've got some pieces who can really put up some points. Well, yesterday they didn't. Yesterday was kind of the same old deal. Yesterday as in Saturday against Nova. They mm-hmm. couldn't They couldn't throw it in the ocean. Yeah, they had Santiago. They sure got right on Sunday. Yeah, Vescovi had 23 points, which, or no, I still said it wrong. I thought about this yesterday because they were in the announcer, obviously, saying his name. It's Vescovi. The really? The emphasis on Ves. Yeah, the V-E-S is the emphasis. There. I learned that yesterday. It's not oh, on the CO yeah. like I originally thought. I thought it was Vescovi. Yeah, I like I like Vescovi. I don't like saying or, Yeah, that's what I thought it was. 
But yeah, anyways, it's Vescovy. And then, you know, today, you know, they get contributions from Vescovy again, Fulkerson, Chandler. But the guy who just, I've never even heard of this guy's name. It's, and I, I can't remember. It's like Zakai. Zakai Ziegler. Have you heard this name before? I have not. Because he had 18 points off the bench for them today. Yeah, he's a freshman. He's 5'9". He's 5'9", 167. He's a, he's a little little water bug type of guard. And obviously, Kennedy Chandler is the one who who kind of hogs up all the attention in terms of the the highly rated freshman. Um, yeah, he scored seven points and had a dime against Nova, too. So he gives him a spark. He's not going to probably have a lot of games like the one he had against Villanova or uh, against Carolina. But I guess he's just a piece that can give you a spark. And uh, that spark turned out to be kind of the difference in the game today. Yeah. And then tossing over to North Carolina, I think I think the story for them um, this week, it was basically a story it has been all season. You know, their first game, they win 83-67. So a respectable defensive performance. Since then, they've given up 87, 83, 84, and 89 points. That's not good. And, you know, they proved – they didn't really prove it today, but they proved it yesterday against Purdue that they can score the rock. Yes. But they just give up so many damn points, so many open shots, so many backdoor cuts even, just stupid shit, shit like that. Yeah, it's an issue. I mean, the defense is definitely a problem. I mean, <clears throat> Ken Palm, Ken Palm stats are hardly to be taken at like, you know, as law this early in the season. But I do think this is probably uh, something that's systematic with them. Their defense is rated 132 right now in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's yep. – that's horrendous, and they probably didn't have a great defense last year. Either, and either just, just for our um, not average college basketball fan listeners, ex- explain what that stat is. I think essentially what that is is it's like adjusted defensive efficiency is a, a, a metric based on if the game had 100 possessions, how many points would you give up? All right, is that how and that so, works? Yep, yep. It's adjusted defensive. So like basically the three stats on there are adjusted offensive efficiency, Adjusted defensive efficiency, and then your um, adjusted EM. tempo. Um, uh, yeah, that too. But your EM, I can't efficiency margin. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so the efficiency margin is basically just the net of your offensive and defensive. But North Carolina, like you said, is 132nd. They're 15th on offense, so they're definitely a very good offensive team. But giving up 97 points per 100 possessions, and just not very good. They are. 54th in efficiency margin. Um, not really where you want to be if you want to be a top 25 team in college basketball. No, uh, you, you cannot be um, in the 100s in defensive efficiency if you're going to be a top 25 team. They they just, their defense is bad. Their, their guards, I think, give up a ton of dribble penetration. They lose shooters. You know, I mean, Stefanovic yesterday, I almost guarantee at any, in any sort of, um, you know, scouting report, Stefanovic is a lock and trail. Do not, do not leave him. Um, mm-hmm. They can put it on the floor type of stuff. And he just had so many just catch and release catch and, and a guy would fly right by him. They don't close very disciplined. They're just not a disciplined basketball team. Uh, that shows up. We focus on the offensive side of the ball where they turn the ball over a lot. Yep. They're, they're not disciplined on defense. They, they over help. They over pursue. They, they play guys up tight. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like they pay much attention to that kind of detail a lot. And 
you know, it's, it's not ideal. It's, it's not good. I mean, it was, it was impressive yesterday the way that they were able to hang with Purdue and, and go on a run, but then the game got away from them. Losing to Purdue is no, you know, nothing to uh, be ashamed of, but it, losing to Tennessee isn't either, but giving up 90 points to Tennessee a day after they scored like 40, that, that has to be, I don't know, that has, that has to be something that it just seems like this Carolina team has a lot of guys. We've talked about this before. It just seems like they've got a lot of guys who are more concerned with like how how good they look. You how see, good like, they look, see, yeah. We see they a lot of pride whether or not their guy scores. You know what I mean? Like they just don't seem yeah. to have much pride. You see a lot of one on one stuff. You see a lot of step back threes. It reminded me you know, we talked about Baylor last year how with their three guards it seemed like a lot of times it would just be like okay this possession's your turn to go score and then you. Then it'd be you go to the next like Davion Mitchell, and then okay, this is your possession now, and it'd just be one on one, and it worked for them. It does not work for North Carolina. They're not that at that level of talent as Baylor was a year ago. No, they're not. No, they're not. They have they haven't been, and um, yeah, it's a problem. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be I think a decent enough team. I don't know if they're one of the twenty best teams in college hoops right now. I think they have the talent to be pretty good. If if they didn't have North Carolina jerseys though, they would not be ranked. You know what I mean? They're ranked right. because of brand. Uh, that's they're not the only team that's ranked because of brand, but they're definitely. I don't think they're one of the top twenty teams. They don't play any defense. Um, I was in, I was impressed by Dawson Garcia on Saturday, and he comes back and he has four points and three rebounds today. Yeah, he looked you know? good yesterday, though. He made his first was, seven shots. He was great. He was great, and 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 today he had four. It's like we need yeah. we need. Manic was a star today. Yeah, Manic was great. I mean, I think their three man rotation is going to be is going to be a weapon for them. Um, but Caleb Love and RJ Davis, the two heralded guards go six and 19 combined, you know, with six turnovers and seven assists. Yeah. Hard to win with that. Yeah. Those two guys have to play better. Yeah. All right. I think we're at our, our allotted five minutes to talk North Carolina. Yeah. I can't keep talking about Carolina. It's going to be the episode. Yep. So let's move past the, or do you have any more takeaways from the hall of fame tip off? No, I don't think so. I think taking too much away from it would be would be silly. I just love that. I love that we have these four teams. I I want that kind of to be a thing. I, I want to see high end matchups, and I'm sure you know Carolina comes out of this taking two losses, so it's like, oh boy, that's that hurts. But the fact the, the that fact alone though doesn't give me too much anger. It's just the fact of how bad they looked against Tennessee today. Yeah, I guess I'm just, I'm thinking of more from a from a future standpoint. I hope more teams are willing to do this. Yep. One of those four teams is going out of there with two losses. One of those teams going out of there with two wins. You know, when you play three, when you play potentially two really good matchups like this, I think there are some coaches who are probably a little bit afraid to take two losses like that early in the season. I hope I hope there's not because I love seeing top twenty matchups early in the year like this because mm-hmm. it's it's going to benefit you in the long run, it, it, or it can benefit you in the long run if they take what they learn from these games, all of these teams now, and get a lot better. These could be matchups that you see in the tournament, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. I have a couple other games to talk about, Biggs. Let's get, see uh, any other games you had your eyes on that you want to talk about? No, I'm excited. We're, we're, we're posting this on a Sunday – or we're recording this on a Sunday night, so we haven't seen the Michigan-Arizona. They play they played at night. Arizona looked really good on Friday – or, well – they looked really good in spurts. They had about 25 turnovers, and they couldn't make a free throw to close out Wichita State. That was a pretty wild game. I don't know if you stayed up to watch that one, but um, Arizona looks legit. I think they've got they've got the pieces to be a really, really good team. Uh, and Tommy Lloyd's been the change they need. 
Maybe. Yeah. And I think, and I think some of those guys getting better, that Benedict Matherin looks like a stud. He had a, he had an awesome game on Friday night. He's a big kind of physical wing who can shoot and defend and do all that kind of stuff. He's going to be a high end um, guy that people talk about later in the year. Uh, and then their big guy, their, their other post player was, uh, was really solid as well. I, I think, I think that Arizona team is, uh, is intriguing and I don't know what this, I've just kind of put Arizona off to the side for like the last like two, three years, because I always just kind of feel like, okay, isn't the NCAA going like, to do something with them? Are they going to be able to be in the tournament? I, I have no idea, but uh, if this team is going to be in the tournament, I think they've got, they're going to be interesting. I think they're going to be really fun to track here over the course of the year, because in the Pac-12, you know, that's another team that, that could be kind of a powerhouse. Yep. All right, let's get in. I think it was uh, was it Thursday night. Uh, oh, and another game you know, that's currently going on right now is actually St. Bonaventure versus Marquette. They had their troubles on, I believe it was Friday, or was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday, actually. Clemson? Not, or no, it was Clemson. They, who, yeah. they, they beat Boise State. They didn't have much trouble. I thought it was Boise State they had trouble against. But yeah, Clemson they had trouble against. Were you able to watch that game? I was not, but I saw they went on like a 16-0 run early in the second half to kind of put some distance between yep. them. Um, and that's good. You know, it looks like they're they've, they're in well control right now as we're recording. They're up by about 13 in the second half yeah. on Marquette. So, tell you what, if St. Bonaventure can win a tournament like this where, no, you're probably not beating like ranked teams and you probably, I guess, should win this tournament if you are ranked higher than all of them. They are beating power conference teams though you know yeah and and teams are supposed to be okay you know we think boise state's gonna be at least decent they're not a slouch um clemson might be really down but i think marquette has already shown like they're they're probably not gonna be at least a a complete truck fire you know they're like a decent squad those are good those are good wins yep uh yeah the game i was going to talk about is xavier beating ohio state without zach Fremantle. yeah now, that? yeah, six point game there. Um, you know, not stellar shooting by any means. Forty percent from the field, twenty percent from three point line. But Paul Scruggs and Jack Nunji, who is the Purdue transfer, who we've talked about before, um, both pacing them with fourteen. They get ten with Adam Kunkel, twelve for uh, is it Nate Johnson? I believe it's Nate Johnson. Nate Johnson. Yep. But with. Uh, this is a you know pretty good win for them against Ohio State without their best player, so it's gonna be interesting to see how good they are when Fremantle actually comes back. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I think this Xavier team, you were higher on them going into the year than I was, and I was impressed. I like the way they they can shoot uh, to save their soul against Ohio State. I mean that they, they Ohio State went to a zone and Xavier just brick after brick after brick from the three point line. And, and guys that I think are going to be decent shooters, Nate Johnson, Adam Kunkel, supposed to be a good shooter. He's coming from Belmont. Uh, Scruggs really didn't do anything for the first like 37 minutes of that game, uh, and then late he just kind of took over. That's impressive, you know. I, I don't, I don't know how Ohio State. They haven't looked great early in the year here. Ohio State hasn't, but I think that's a good win. And so uh, the Big East, the Big East had a, had a really good week. I mean, Seton Hall knocking off Michigan. We talked about, uh, you know, Xavier beating Ohio State. That's a good win. Villanova's obviously taken a couple losses to elite level teams. I think the Big East is, is we we previewed it and we said like it's a pretty deep league where I I think Villanova's kind of in their own tier and then everybody else is kind of fighting to move up the chain and I, I don't know if we learned anything about who's better or worse in the Big East right now but it seems like they're all going to potentially be really good so that could make for a lot of fun nights. Yeah, and then you know we talked about last week the uh, the Lexington Kentucky Mega Bowl. Remember us talking about this? We sure did. Yeah, I was, yes. I was prepared up for it. 
Yes. You know, the Mega Bowl. Um, and Ohio was able to keep it close for about 25 to 30 minutes, but Kentucky's able to pull away at the end and beat Ohio. Keon Brooks paces him. Ty, Ty Ty Washington had a very good game. You know, he... Uh, I might have been I, his I, 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 Yeah, I wasn't that impressed. Like, I've only watched him against Duke. I wasn't that impressed, but no, no I was definitely impressed against uh, Ohio. Um, but yeah, were you able to watch that game? I had my eyes on it. Um, I caught most of the first half, and then... I, I, I kind of turned it off once Kentucky kind of went on a run. It felt like Ohio just kind of ran out of juice, but I think that Ohio team's good. You know, they've got uh, they've got some pieces there, some old guys who who look like uh, they're they're going to be a force. So I, I'm really intrigued to watch. Who knew we'd watch this much MAC basketball early in the year between them and Buffalo? I think I've seen both those teams at least twice already. I, I think those two teams are going to be really when those two teams play each other, that's kind of like borderline appointment television. Uh, you don't get a lot of mid-major matchups that are appointment television. That one might be. Yeah, you know, I know in college football they call it matching. Uh, I believe it's Tuesday nights. Or the yeah, thing. it's great. Okay, is matching a thing in college basketball too? Can we use that? If only. Uh, we can't. I think that's probably uh, – uh, what's the word here? They trademarked it probably. Trademarked. Damn Maybe. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's, Hate to that's see sad. it. That's sad. That's sad. Any other games you want to talk about, Biggs? Uh, not any, not not really. I mean, we talked about the Big East kind of taking taking some heads on uh, on on the Big Ten. Um, let's let's get into all the games we got coming up here this week. It's feast. Yeah, week. and there is a lot, Biggs. And you know, let's get into some of these tournaments. Uh, the first one I've got. Should we start off with the big one? I mean, the first day of matchups isn't going to be that fun, but the second day is going to have Gonzaga UCLA. That's outstanding. Yeah. That's yeah, not so, a tournament. I think that's just kind of a one-off matchup, right? Yeah, it's uh, the matchup. The second-day matchups are set. So it's Gonzaga, Central Michigan, first day, and UCLA, Bellarmine. Oh, and okay. I wonder, or do do you think like the tournament committee just assume Gonzaga UCLA is just going to win, or <laughs> or maybe they really want to sell more tickets and like like say if Central Michigan beat Gonzaga, they knew that they weren't going to be able to sell as many tickets to Central Michigan U- UCLA. You think the the Central Michigan? What are they? Aren't they called like the Chippewas? Something like that, yeah. The Central Michigan Chippewas, like Chippewas. Talk about the disrespect if that's the case. Yeah, because I would go watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Gonzaga UCLA game. Let's just skip ahead to that one though. Let's let's also disrespect the Chippewas and just assume <laughs> either the matchups are set or at least that game's not worth watching. Uh, who do you think is gonna? Who, how do you like that one? UCLA Gonzaga. Let's look at some matchups in my head here, big. So, okay. is Cody Riley healthy yet? Do you know? I don't know. Do you think he makes that big a difference, though? <laughs> no, not enough to no. say my opinion. Um, I would have to give it to Gonzaga just because I don't think they can handle both Timmy and Holmgren inside. They might be able to, you know, contain one of them, but there, there's no way they're going to stop both of them. I think those two combine for at least thirty points. Oh yeah, God, Timmy might get thirty on his own. He might. You know, 35. I am curious if UCLA has a game where Johnny Juzang shoots it 22 times and he happens to go like six of 22, they're, they're screwed, right? Depending on how uh, Hawkes does your boy Hawkes. Right. I mean, next level basketball analysis. If the best team on the floor, if the best player on the team uh, struggles, the team might struggle. Uh, I guess that's, that's kind of stupid of me, but um, I thought Hawkes was your best player. The best player, I, I think he is the guy who I guess shoots the most. How about let's let's go with that? Okay, okay. I mean Juzang. I guess the point I'm trying to make. I feel like Juzang, all throughout the tournament run, was making insane shots and shooting his team into games. If he's missing all those shots, 
does he stop shooting? Because I feel like he has a chance. There's some there's some shoot his team out of the game ness with uh, with Juzang that we haven't really seen much. I think no, you gotta keep shooting. He's a it's he's a, a it, it's a, what's the saying? Shoot, shoot to stay shoot shoot to get hot. Shoot to stay hot. Yeah. You know, and it's a shooter's mentality. You would not know what that's like. You're a post player. But if you're a good shooter, even though even if you're 0 for 5 on your last five shots, you have to shoot that shot. The heat comes from my feet. That's my post player mentality. I, I got to have good footwork, you know. Is that actually a big a post player thing? No, I just Dang. made that up off the top of my head. Do you kind of like that? <laughs> it, it's good. That, that could catch yeah. on. The heat from my feet. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with that. But it is going to be interesting, you know, <clears throat> typically UCLA will have either Miles Johnson or Cody Riley on the floor throughout the game. Yes. But one out of Timmy and Holmgren will have to guard, you know, a perimeter player. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, and I think they can. I think. I mean, I think Holmgren can. I, I think you probably put him on, on Hawkins. Hawkins or Jules? I feel like Jules is like the weak the weak link on that team. So whichever you're, you're going to put the big man on Jules Bernard, I probably put him on Tiger Campbell, honestly, just because he's probably the worst shooter of the bunch. And actually, Tiger is our tallest player with that hair. That's true, six <laughs> eleven. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think that's going to be that big a deal. I, I would bet Holmgren matches up on Hawkes, just because Hawkes seems to be more of like the the slashing four man, where Bernard is almost more of a combo guard, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I mean, t- can Timmy, you have Timmy matching up, uh, you know, can he dominate the game? Can, can Juzang, a couple All-Americans kind of going, going at it in that game? You wish it wasn't at 9 o'clock at night. You know, why do all these good teams out west have to play so late? But uh, It's not late for them. No, it's not. It's normal time for them, which which is yeah. which is too bad. They're not used to pointing noobs at that time. Um, that, should be a, that should be a great game. I mean, it's one versus two, so it's going to be great. Now, hopefully Gonzaga doesn't just ruin it. Like they uh, like they did that Texas game where it was just blowout city. Yeah, and I just went to Tuesday here, Biggs. That's actually the JV game after the varsity game. That is North Carolina against North Carolina Asheville. Oh, UNC! Anytime UNC and UNC Asheville get together, you throw throw out the records. Yeah, <laughs> ideally you just throw out the records in general for UNC right now because the record kind of sucks. Uh, all right, Biggs. Let's move on. Um, this one, I don't even know if I actually want to preview this. Are we going to re- record it again this week? Maybe later this week. Okay, maybe. Because there's a battle for Atlantis, but that starts Wednesday, so we can. What starts Wednesday? That. Well, when are we gonna yeah. when are we gonna pot again? Wednesday. Okay. I right, we can just talk with let's just talk about the teams here. So we have Michigan State versus Loyal Chicago. This is the first round games. Michigan State versus Loyal Chicago. Auburn versus UConn. Syracuse Ooh. versus VCU and Baylor versus Arizona State. Which out of those four, Baylor versus Arizona State is probably the least intriguing one, but those other three are all very intriguing. Cuse VCU doesn't do much work. Cuse just lost to Colgate. Did they? Yeah. There's a but, joke in there. I'm not going to say it though. So I'm a little, so I'm a little worried about Cuse, uh, and I don't think VCU is particularly good. I think whoever wins that Arizona State Baylor one, which I assume it'll be Baylor, I, I think that team's going to the championship. Yeah. The other side of the bracket though is is yeah that, that that top half of the bracket's loaded. Yeah, Michigan State might be the worst team in the in the group, which is crazy to think. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see UConn. You know, they're they're sort of one of those middle of the pack Big East teams. So we'll see if they can uh, get a high quality win against a quality SEC team in Auburn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Michigan State. Like 
this loyal Chicago game, they're going to need – that's a game they should win if they want to get to where they want to be this year. This is Wednesday, right? We're talking here? Yeah, so those four games take place Wednesday. Here's another – here's just a one-off game that I don't think is part of a tournament, but Memphis plays Vatek Wednesday night. Ooh, that that's is eight, That's 8.30 ESPN2. Uh, what's there the might st- be some live reactions on that one, baby. I was going to say, what's the state of John's mind by 8.30 on Wednesday? Are you a type that gets drunk before Thanksgiving, or are you, are you not into that? Ooh, I just, we, I can stay up later for this because I don't have to work the next day. Yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, thank God. Thank you, holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not get drunk before Thanksgiving. I'm actually not going anywhere. We're doing a... You know how like there's like staycations. What's the staycation version of not going out for Thanksgiving? Stanksgiving. Stanksgiving. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For, but Saturday we're going to her parents' house. So, but whatever. Okay. That, okay. That's a story for a different podcast. Sure, 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 sure. Um. But no, Memphis versus Virginia Tech is gonna be sort of a what do they call those games where it's like you've had easy games throughout, but then. You're gonna have this, is the, this is the bar, the bar, the the barometer check. Sure, that that's the same. Isn't that the thing? Barometer. I, barom- I think it's something check? different, but that that definitely works. So we'll go with okay. that. It's the barometer check game for Memphis. See how good they really are. Can they deal with Storm Murphy and Kavea Luna? Can they can they beat Wofford? Basically, exactly. So no, that should be a very good game. Um, way to cap off the evening. I mean, pre Thanksgiving, we got that game at eight thirty. We got. We got a day full of tournament games from Atlantis, basically every two hours starting at like noon. What yeah. a day. That's outstanding. I, w- I would say I should work from home that day, but my boss might be listening, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you have to work <laughs> that day, though? What time are you done with work, though? Like 4.30. Oh, well, good. And then, then I got all, then I gotta, you in I gotta the get, early round games. I got to get all aboard the game train after that, though. Ooh. Well, what you got to do is try to get a little a little game train action before work so that you can go home and watch hoops. I can't do that. I can't lift in the morning. Oh. Um, let's see. Another tournament. I don't really know if this is tur- – or it is a four-team tournament. It's a Hall of Fame Classic beginning Monday. We have Cincinnati versus Illinois and Arkansas versus Kansas, which I'm just looking forward to a possible Illinois-Arkansas matchup in this case. That could be good. If Illinois is at full strength and Coffee Cochran back – uh, yep. uh, Arkansas matchup that could be a lot of fun, and almost the end of the end, you know, Arkansas is definitely you know, running gun, whereas Illinois just likes to pound the pound the post there. Um, they should little, do that, yeah, a, a little more methodical, and you know maybe uh, Curbelo can finally get out of his funk and actually have a good game here. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Talk about this one. The uh, well, we could probably preview the the Orlando the Orlando tournament next, like later in the week when we're talking. When you're talking like Miami, Dayton, Kansas, North Texas, Bama, Iona, and Belmont Drake. Those that's an eight team tournament that could be a lot of fun later in the week. Do I do? Does Belmont play Drake? Yeah. Ooh, that's a mid major matchup. I want to watch. Yeah, that's a six thirty one on Thanksgiving Day, which is great because the football games on Thanksgiving don't do a ton. To be honest, I, I'm not. I know the Vikings don't play. No, oh God, I don't yeah. even remember what the, the matchups on Thanksgiving Day for football are not great. Like the Cowboys play like the Raiders or something. I think the Lions well, play, so like that game will suck. You had me at the Cowboys play. That, yeah, it's like who wants to watch that? Yeah, and then there's another like the like the Saints play the Falcons or something. I'm pretty sure it's like why? Don't, why can't we get a good game on Thanksgiving? What the fuck? Bears, Lions, the Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, Saints, Bills, Saints. Yeah, that's not good. No. 
So good day to watch basketball. Perfect. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Fort Myers, Fort Myers tip off on Monday and Wednesday. We have Ohio State versus Seton Hall, Ooh. which I'd have to give the edge to Seton Hall in that one. <clears throat> and then California, who is by far the worst team in this tournament, against Florida. The winner of that game that'll play Florida, and that could be that could be a good game too. Then we're looking ahead, right? Yeah, you always look forward to the championship game in these four team scenarios here. And then they almost never happen the way you want them to. Nope, it's just like filling out a bracket in March. Except Gonzaga, UCLA. Yes. Yeah, that that was all like the tournaments I have. Um, and I know there's gonna be you're, you're forgetting you're forgetting the, last, the biggest tournament of them all. Which one's that? Maui Jim Maui from Maui and Maui. That, that 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 starts like Friday, I think, though. No, it starts Monday. It starts tomorrow. Yeah. Are you sure? I do. It's always good the day before Thanksgiving. It was Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday. Maui you probably didn't know that because they haven't really showed it at all because Duke's not playing in it. Well, it does start Monday. Yeah, it's yeah. Monday. How did I forget about this one? Well, because ESPN hasn't told us about it because Duke's not in it. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Let's let's. Let's get a PDF of the bracket here, Biggs. We have on Monday, so this starts tomorrow. I'm excited again. Absolutely. We have Texas A&M versus Wisconsin. Butler versus Houston. Okay. Oregon versus Chaminade, which Oregon just got pummeled in football also over the weekend. Not sure if you saw that. Rough week for the Ducks. Yeah, I'm going to have to talk shit to my coworker tomorrow. You should. And then St. Mary's versus Notre Dame. Honestly, I feel like this is a bit of an underwhelming field. Yeah, if I if I have to be a negative Nancy, that's probably that, it, it's not just a Duke. It's also the fact that the teams aren't that good, leading to not being talked about. It's unfortunate. I mean, I really do think the best the best first round matchup there is St. Mary's versus Notre Dame, which is not like a that's not a matchup where it's just like the headlines write themselves. You got to kind of get in the weeds there and be like, ooh, St. Mary's. Okay, so you know they're a little bit back. Is this Mike Bray's you know chance here with Notre Dame? Are they going to be a little better? It's kind of like upstart squads. You know, it's not like Gonzaga versus North Carolina or Auburn or Duke. You know what I mean? Like, Houston might be the best team in this tournament. Yeah, and I think the, the game you're hoping for in a championship game would easily be Houston-Oregon. Probably. Yeah, I would say so. Or, or I, honestly, I'm, I'm curious to see if Notre Dame could be could jump into yeah. the mix. I think either one of those teams could be kind of intriguing. I'd be I'd be good with Notre Dame coming out of that bottom part of the bracket there too, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think Houston. Do they? Okay, so they clear. They obviously come up with you know an eighteen field. Do they seed these teams? Uh no. But there's an effort like to seed these to teams. Get, <clears throat> it does seem like they try to get like the best teams on opposite sides of each other. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm looking at it, and if they were to see this, like they have it in completely terrible order, because that means Texas A&M is the number number one team. Well, and Oregon's probably one. Charlotte's eight. Houston yeah. would be two. Who do they play in the first round again? Uh, they play Butler. You think Butler is the seventh best team here? Butler would be seven. Uh, let's see. Wisconsin, probably three. A&M, six. And then your four or five of Notre Dame, St. Mary's. I, I, I don't know. You could is, probably swap uh, some of those. but Is Chaminade like the host here? Is that the deal? Yeah. It says... Home team is bottom half a bracket, but then it also says Chaminade is always the home team. Chaminade's always – yeah, they're the host team. They're based okay. in Maui. But what's funny is that this tournament isn't in Maui. It's not in Maui this year. It's in – It's in Las Vegas. Yes. 
So UNLV should be the host team. True. That's bullshit. Well, definitely a bit of an underwhelming because like Maui Invitational is usually one of the premier early season tournaments, and this just isn't the field I expected when I opened this up. No, it's a little more nitty gritty. It's a little more basketball kind of hipster basketball, right? It's not. There's not a top five team. There's only like two or three ranked teams, but I think all of those teams have a decent enough like they can convince themselves like, hey, we're a tournament team this year. We could be really good. Yeah, outside of like. Oregon and Houston, I could see all these teams. I could literally see these being the last four in, first four out teams almost. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I can see. Yeah, I could too. I could see yeah. that as well. Um, let's see. Any other tournaments you can think of, Biggs, or just random off games here? Yeah, I'm trying to think. At least like the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there isn't much in terms of – yeah, it's just those Maui games really on Monday. and I mean, on Tuesday too. Um, I mean, obviously Gonzaga UCLA is the game to watch. Um, uh, not really. I mean, other, I, I'm I'm excited for that. Whatever that tournament is with Bama and Kansas later in the week that starts on I think Thursday. I don't know what that tournament is, but it's in it's in Orlando. Is that like it's some sort of that that one's is that the NIT tip off classic or whatever maybe? Yeah, that starts later this week. Okay, that one. I think yeah. that one will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, yeah, I, that, I think my. My favorite one that we somewhat talked about, you know, it doesn't start to Wednesday, is that battle for Atlantis. Um, yeah. All the ones that are going to happen this week. Yeah, who do, you, who, do you hope, who do you hope gets to the championship in that one? I forget. That's I a, would have to really Baylor and like and like Auburn. Baylor and Auburn, yeah. Or Baylor, Baylor Auburn. or something. Yeah. Baylor-Auburn would be fun. I'm very high on Auburn this year. I am too. You know, they're getting that winning pedigree, um, you know, Walker Kessler made a great decision going to North Carolina, and then he made a slightly worse decision transferring to Auburn. So who's Walker Kessler? Yeah, exactly. I've already forgotten who that is. Good. He actually sucks early in the year. He's averaging four point three points, five point seven rebounds. No, he does average three really? point seven blocks. So that's something. He's a defensive force. Yeah, apparently. Oof! Look out. Yeah, that's about all I have, Biggs, and. You know, it's Thanksgiving week here, Biggs, and it's feast week. More importantly, what do you? What are your main foods you like to feast on at Thanksgiving? Ooh, see, this is this is interesting. I have never been a big turkey guy. I, I'm not a okay. big. You're a ham guy, then. I like ham. Yeah, I'll go to the I'll go to the wife's uh, the in laws uh, Thanksgiving, and I think what we're having though is we're going to have a little bit of turkey, but we're also going to have some pork butt. Um, mm. we'll smoke we'll smoke some pork butt. I picked yep. up uh, I picked up a couple buck eighteen a pound at uh, at High V a couple weeks ago, so I was like a kid in a candy store. I was like, let me take all of this home, and mm-hmm. so they're gonna smoke it up, and I'll eat my weight in pork butt rather than turkey. Also, a new thing that I've really gotten into is I don't know why we need to normalize this in our family. Mac and cheese, mac and oh, cheese yes. on Thanksgiving, you know, mac and cheese on Christmas, garlic mac and cheese is is where it's at. I don't. I'm not a big stuffing guy. How, how about you? How do you? How do you feel about? I am not. I'm not a stuffing guy. How about just Thanksgiving food in general? So I will. So like my mom does do it sometimes where she has ham for Thanksgiving, but then turn around Christmas she'll have um, turkey. It's it's always one or the other, like one per you know. Okay. okay. Um. So whatever meat, obviously I'm gonna eat it, and then you know you gotta get your mashed potatoes, gotta get your gravy. One that my mom always makes and. I think it's a fairly common thing. I think like most families have it, but definitely not all. 
And I've heard it be called two things. My family calls it scalloped corn. I've also heard it be called baked corn. And I don't even know how to describe it, um, but it's very good. The corn? It's corn, but it's got like a inter- like a different topping. I don't know if it's like graham crackers in there too. I'm not sure. Or, or, or not or like saltines. Breaded, like some sort of breaded crumble on the corn. Yeah, yeah, and like you bake it all together, and and I think it and it's like cream corn by the way. It's cream corn, not just regular corn. Okay, pretty yeah. good though. It's very good. Okay, but I've heard it be called both those things, but no, not a stuffing guy. Never have, never will be. No. No. Um, and then you also have to have like your good dinner rolls too. Yeah, dinner rolls essential. And then yes. like an entire stick of butter for that dinner roll. Exactly. Per dinner roll. All six, all six of them that you eat. 100%. Yes. 100%. <laughs> Black Friday shopping? You didn't do any of that? I guess we could talk about this Wednesday. but um, You know, I am planning on getting a new iPhone. And I know Walmart Ooh. always does it where you get you buy it like through like their electronics section. Sure. And you get like a gift card to their store. So Ooh. the last time oh, I did yeah. it... The last time I did it, it was like a $250 gift card. Holy I shit. believe this time, if you get the iPhone 13, it's 300 And it might even said e-gift card, which whatever. A $300 gift card, though, I mean. Yeah, to get the iPhone 13. You get a lot of groceries with that. It's yeah. Like a month worth of groceries. Yeah. So that is my Black Friday. And it's not where I'm going to count down in front because I think you actually have to set up an appointment with the electronics section because there is a decent amount of people who do this. Oh, you got to do I, a little call-ed? I think, and I think it goes through like Sunday or Monday, so you don't have to do it on Black Friday. Oh, that's nice. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah. So that's my plan. What about you? I don't know yet. I hope I hope I don't have to do any, but uh, might uh, might go try to see if uh, do some digging and see if I can get a smoker. I don't know if any of I don't know if those ever go on sale. I don't know. I don't know if they do. Probably, I did. Probably. Not. I did. I did look after you texted me about it, and like mine, the one with the Wi-Fi. So like that one's normally eight hundred, but then like there's like a bundle you can do, Ooh. and you get, you get like the cover, you get like some uh, some of those pellet bags, yeah, and, and it's like a it's basically an extra hundred dollar for all like the bundle stuff. So all Which, that stuff, at like the, the I think it was a tra- just a Traeger like an online Traeger thing, and that the cover itself is like sixty bucks, and it's a good cover. So you get that basically for free. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. I'll so, have to yeah. look into that. I got to do a little more research. I got to monitor the situation, as Titus and Tay like to say. Uh, yep. So I'll have, to, I'll have to do some digging. Uh, yeah, besides that, I think the wife works Friday morning. So it's like we can't really be out late. You know, if, if yeah. we do any Black Friday stuff, it's probably going to be like the Thursday at 10 p.m. kind of cheap Black Friday shopping. Yeah. Yeah. The GF has to work Friday too. So isn't that nice? We could watch hoops then. I know it's gonna be amazing. And speaking of that, let's get out of here because we are. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, thanks for listening to our uh, Thanksgiving plans and Black Friday possibility shopping. Yeah. Bye. Not away from us, sir. Bye. <laughs>